0: Yo, yo, yo. What's up, everybody? This is your boy, Isaac. And this is your boy, Bryce. And we are Brothers on Tennis. And guess what, y'all? The U.S. Open has come to a close. Dun, dun, dun! (laughs) 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 Yeah, man, Bryce, that's the last Grand Slam for 2019, man. How crazy is that? Man, and it was a good one, too. And I am really glad
1: that that was our first Grand Slam tournament that we were able to attend together in person as Brothers on
0: Tennis. That's exactly right. Didn't that feel good, brother? Come on now. I mean, we were walking around the grounds. We had our swag on. I know some of y'all saw us with that Brothers on Tennis gear on. What's up? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it was a really
1: good time. The weather was good. We had a lot of really good matches. But look, we've already done the mid-fortnight review. So let's jump straight to the final results, and and we had some surprises here at the
0: end, didn't we, Isaac? Man, oh man, did we have some surprises! I mean, there were there were a couple couple things that happened that I tell you, Bryce, I did not expect. But I tell you what, overall, the semis and the finals were turned up. I know I had my popcorn, and I was enjoying it. How about you, man? Well, it took me a minute to
1: get into it because I know we're gonna talk about the semis and the finals, but I had a couple of moments there in the quarterfinals when Dimitrov took out Federer. (sighs) All right, so I'm going to just move on from that.
0: (laughs) It broke my heart,
1: too. You know, but in my pain of of watching Federer lose, I felt very good about predicting that Belinda Benchich was going to put those things
0: on uh, Osaka in the quarterfinals. <laughs> I told you she was going to do it. She did it again. Yeah, yeah, you did say that too. And you were exactly right. She put them things on it too. And and I, I just think it's just a tough matchup for Osaka because Benchich is such a good tactical player. And if you're not fully, fully thinking as far as how you're going to, to kind of you know, um, direct your power, then she is going to pick you apart, and she has done that to Osaka, and she continued that uh, that stretch at the U.S. Open. So I had picked Osaka to break through, but hey, kudos to Benchich, man. She is she's getting it done, and she's having a fantastic two thousand nineteen. She was having a fantastic U.S. Open until she met Andrescu <laughs> in the semifinal. I, I
1: don't know if you watched the match or not, but. I think Benchich was up like 5-2, 5-3 or something like that in the first set. Mm -hmm. And one of the characteristics about Bianca is that she has that fighting spirit. And it is never over until that last point has been played. And, um, wow, what a great match.
0: 7-6, 7-5 for Bianca over Benchich. I mean, and, and, and Bianca Bryce is just, I mean, she is... She's she's just the definition of fight and and i am just ridiculously impressed by her i mean again we've talked about her resume on previous podcasts but let's just kind of wrap summarize it once again she comes in this season she goes to indian Wells, she knocks everybody out the box and takes that title she then goes to her home state uh, her home home country excuse me canada where they have the rogers cup she blows through that draw. Unfortunately, she meets an ailing Serena in the final, and she takes that title. Two tier ones, two tier ones on the trot, and then she walks up in the U.S. Open. I'm sorry, she ain't scared of nobody. She like, you know what y'all? I didn't already, I not already knock y'all out. So I'm just, I'm just ready to rinse and repeat. <laughs> yeah, her, her confidence is sky
1: high right now, and uh, so we had one finalist being Bianca Andrescu. Yes, sir. And then on the other side of the draw, now hold on, Judas, I don't want you to speak yet. <laughs> we had Serena Williams, the queen. The queen. The goat. Take on <laughs> Svetlana, And she beat her 6-3, 6-1. And in uh-huh. a very comprehensive win in the semifinals. Now, I completely thought that this was going to happen. As a matter of fact, I think I predicted that the finals was going to be Serena and Bianca. Uh, so I was very happy to see that. But, Judas, do you want to talk about
0: uh, <laughs> who you thought was going to come
1: out of the bottom half of that draw?
0: Listen, all right. So I admit already that I had some, 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 some crazy thoughts about Madison Keys doing some big things at this U.S. Open. <laughs> unfortunately those things I shouldn't say unfortunately because actually I am I am happy for Serena I'm happy my girl got through um Madison showed me something in in the Cincinnati tournament that unfortunately uh, she just didn't carry forward and I think that you know once again you saw that when she was uh, playing her match against Svitolina, is that she got um, she lost her patience she started hitting out too much and instead of reining her game in she just simply... Got blown out, and and it, it's disappointing. And you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, um, we will be a little bit, uh, a little bit more uh, cautious uh, or when, when we when we are realistic. That's true. <laughs> when we bet on Miss Majesty <laughs> Keys, cause she let her brother down, She let her let me down. But regardless of that, I am so happy that Serena made it through that semifinal because I mean, I don't know about you, Bryce, but I in watching that match, I was a little bit a little bit confused as far as what Svitolina was doing. I think she was watching Gail Montfis's match before and was trying to like take some tips from him and stand all the way in the in the we in the weeds of the baseline. And I mean she was just like ten thousand feet away from the baseline. And I'm like sweetie that's not how you play Ser- Serena no. and besides you're not the athlete that your boyfriend is so you, can't, <laughs> you, can't, you can't do that Guy Monfils can do that but Svitolina baby no honey you can't do that so you need to pick some more, ta- some more tactics <laughs> but yeah. I, hey Serena got up on her man she looked really really good in that semi brother what, what were your thoughts on that match Well, my thoughts during that match was Serena's about to get number 24
1: because Uh the entire tournament, starting from the very first round when she played Sharapova, she had looked so focused. She had looked so on it. Um, And I I think I even mentioned this to you. I thought that Serena even had a little added motivation because she had to retire out of that match in the Canadian Open Finals against Bianca. I said, okay, I know Bianca's dangerous, and I know she's got a lot of game, but Serena hated having to retire out of that match. So she's going to step in the finals here in front of her home country and really show, look, this is the way things are going to go. And, you know, I'm going to go out here and say this about the finals. Number one, all props and congratulations to Andrescu because guess what, even if Serena played a subpar match, it takes a lot for you to go out in your first Grand Slam final to really control your nerves. You're playing someone who people are pretty much already calling the GOAT. And you play your game. And you play your game to a level where it's like, you're winning this match. Right. So, I mean, I all props to her. But what may be happening, which I gosh, I was really hoping that this might not happen, is with Serena losing those last three Grand Slam finals she was in, Wimbledon and the US Open from last year, and then Wimbledon this year, I was hoping that this could potentially be the final that she could win before being in these Grand Slam finals and losing starts to become mental. And I think it's starting to become mental with Serena. And when you take that and you couple it with how well Andrescu played, it it, it was a formula for, for a loss for her.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and Bryce, I guess I have a, another take on that, if you will. Um, I think that Because, like you said, all props to Bianca Andrescu. And what I'm going to say is I honestly feel like we are seeing a new Serena, if you will. And let me explain that. When Serena jumped on the scene, along with Venus, she did exactly what Bianca is doing. The current, you know, ladies that were, you know you know, kind of owning things like your Martina Hingis and your Lindsey Davenport and your Steffi Graf and your Monica Sellis, she jumped on the scene and she instantly started beating them without, you know, it didn't take no warm up. it didn't take no long time. Serena jumped on the scene and she literally started beating him and she had that level of confidence. And honestly, Bryce, I see that same type of, of, of capability and talent and mental fortitude in Bianca Andreescu and I think that that is the reason why she's won two tier 1s and a now a grand slam title in you know just really truly her first you know season on the WTA tour I honestly believe this young lady is going to, to be one of the greats. I really do. If she can stay healthy, and I think that's a big thing because she has had some some health concerns already in her early career, which I don't believe Serena has. Serena was pretty healthy until you know she got into maybe her early 20s. But if she can control the injuries that she goes through or has, I honestly believe she will be in the you know, 15 to 20 range as it relates to Grand Slams because you, she can, you already can tell that she's got the game. She's got the mental fortitude. Those are two, like you said, we talked about Madison Keys and you've always, you know, you've reminded me. Yeah, Madison is super talented, but does she have the upstairs working? And that's the piece that with Andreescu, whoo, that girl is sharp, man. She's sharp. She so. is, and I and I agree
1: with a lot of what you say. My only thing I'm going to come back with is, and this is where it kind of unnerves me a little bit when people start making these comparisons real early, is that mm-hmm. part of Serena's greatness and really any of the true greats, uh, a component of that is longevity. Right. And And so what people are doing right now is they're taking a snippet of Andrescu's career. It's really what she's done this year. <laughs> In one year. And 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 we're um comparing that to um you know, someone who, like I said, part of her greatness is because she did it across many different generations of tennis. I mean she went through a lot of the different champions. She if, if what Serena did in the, in the beginning of her career was all she did, we wouldn't still be talking about her. I What I will give our address to you is she's off to a great start. I don't think I'm to the point yet of making a lot of comparisons to Serena yet um, because I don't know that I really see that yet because I'm also looking at Osaka, and people a year ago were saying the exact same thing
0: about Osaka, and now they're saying, well, what's wrong with her? So, right. uh, well, and with me, and I guess that's really where the difference is. I said, because with me, I never put that on Osaka because I never really saw that level of talent in her and some of the other folks. I, I do see that in Bianca. So I feel like that's one of my reasons for stepping out there and saying that. Yeah, I absolutely believe that she is following that path. And again, I think that if, you, if, you, if, if she can avoid injuries, I really believe she will have a lasting impact on the WTA Tour. Really mm-hmm. believe that.
1: Uh, I, I will have to see a little more
0: from her. Um, I've seen too many times
1: people have one good year, which she's had. She's uh-huh. had an outstanding year. Uh, yeah. she, she has this kind of performance for a couple of years. I'll be able to jump on that bandwagon, wagon, but it's a little early um, <laughs> for me. Fair enough, uh, fair enough. But the other thing that we we, we want to bring up is that I feel that, um, and once again, I don't want to take anything away from Andrescu, because I was just absolutely blown away by the match she played in the finals. But I don't know what was the cause for Serena's serve not being there. I believe that was the one shot that Serena owns and possesses, and people go out and say, ooh, Serena has the greatest serve in in women's history, right? Um, She, for whatever reason, in the finals, did not have that. And, and that's on Serena that i really have anything to do with Serena missing her first serve. Um, and that's such a huge part of her game and something that had been um, a critical component of her even making it up to the finals. I, you know, that's where I get concerned if there is a mental thing creeping in, because it's one thing if, Andreesky was doing something or bringing something to the court that Serena was having to try to battle against or she wasn't able to overcome. I believe if Serena had served the way she had been serving the rest of the tournament, she'd have won that match. Okay. <laughs> I really do. I... I
0: Because I don't think Serena honestly played poorly off the ground. No, I thought Serena actually played very well in the final. Um, I, I, I do believe like you said, that nerves did, did did play a part in that. Um I I think you're you know, I don't know if you you know, nerves, headspace, whatever the case may be. Um I I, I I do feel like something got in the way of her being able to perform up to her true capability. And honestly, I I, I feel like as she was coming back, I think she began to get a little bit freer. And Bianca, of course, started tightening up a little bit, but right. I think she got a little bit freer, and her, her, you know, things started kind of flowing a little bit better when she came back from that five-one deficit to tie it up five-all. But then I think nerves got in the way again because, you know, if you if you push that into a third set, I, you know, who knows what's going to happen in that whole in that whole thing. Right. Um, but but I do I do feel like at the same time. Of all the Grand Slams that she's been in, to me, this is the one where she actually looked great from start to finish. She didn't finish the way that she wanted to and how everybody sort of expected her to. But I think from from jump, when she played Sharapova to all the matches that she played, Serena looked really, really good. She looked like old Serena. And so I know while you were saying, "I'm, I'm I'm a little nervous and we were talking about this even before the show today... Um, I guess I feel a little bit more encouraged about it going into 2020 because I feel like if she keeps playing, because to me, that's what's been the inconsistent piece of this, is that she really hasn't been playing enough to really develop sort of that natural finishing. You know, I'm going to lift this title in this tournament because let's not forget, Serena has still yet to win a tournament after coming back from maternity. She has not won any tournament, hasn't picked up any silverware. So right. I feel like she, if she can play and really start getting her mental right in that regard, I think winning begets winning. And if you start raising titles, then when you get to a Grand Slam, it's going to be a bit more of a routine versus now it's this big thing. And I think, honestly, for me, Bryce, that's really, I feel like, the element that she's missing because I think she's finally gotten her fitness back to where I think she's really happy with I think her game and her strokes look fantastic. It's now about like what you were talking about. It's about getting that mental piece together and just being able to to dot the I, cross the T, cross the finish line and raise the title. To me, that element is 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 still still needs to be worked on. And I feel like if she plays more and gets actual tournament wins, that's gonna help her out big time. And and that's what the change is, because remember part of
1: of what has made Serena great is she has taken large periods of time off before and has come back to a Grand Slam and won. Uh, And she, I don't know that she can do that anymore. Uh, That is a change. That is the Serena of now versus the Serena of how many Australian Opens did she win when you know, she hadn't really <laughs> right. played much, and she came back, and she was on it. So I, I yeah. just hope I just hope I agree with all that she said. You know, she does. One of the things that she has typically done in the past is she has skipped. She and Vince, uh, they skipped the fall season. And right. I don't think she has the luxury of skipping the fall season this year
0: if she wants to really, really contend for the Australian in January. Yeah, and I agree with you, bro. But unfortunately, I also heard Patrick Maratoglu talking about in one of the post-interviews that Serena's likely going to take the rest of the season off unless she makes the WTA end of year, which I don't know that she'll be in contention for. But I I feel, honestly, I feel like that's a poor decision. I think she should play one or two more tournaments to round out the year. Again, go in and just win win the tournament so that way you're ending your 2019 you're lifting up some silverware and your mental is better so that when you jump into 2020 you don't have that burden on your shoulders of oh i haven't won yet as a mother and now i'm going into yet another grand slam she really to me needs to do that i i agree and i would think at a minimum she should play uh
1: isn't there a premier tournament in the fall isn't it
0: the one in china yeah, yeah. In fact there are two of them. I think there's like a Saint Petersburg and then there's one in China. But they got two tier ones still left on the calendar.
1: I would at least play the tier ones.
0: Exactly. Exactly. I I I, 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 I agree, brother.
1: I agree. So well anyway, once again, congratulations, uh, Bianca Andrescu. We actually were watching you practice. There on the grounds and you were looking good even in practice so uh, we really can't wait to see how your career develops and what an amazing year you have had so
0: Isaac yo talk to us about the men man okay so we already alluded to how sad Things were when when Fed went out in the quarters, and I still don't necessarily understand that match. I mean, I understand that Gregor got him a new racket and it's got a bigger head, and he kind of followed the whole same, you know, Federer, Federer model of getting a different racket, being, getting adjusted to it, and then hitting with a little bit more power. But I still don't understand that match because I feel like Federer just. He wasn't Federer, and I'm beginning to wonder if Novak broke Federer. <laughs> he broke our Federer, man. <laughs> well, you know what? I was
1: disappointed because I think I was traveling or that day or whatever, and I didn't get a chance to see the match. And
0: mm-hmm. so I heard that did Federer have some kind of injury or whatever? Oh, uh, he, I mean, I wouldn't say it was an injury. I think he, he pulled up a little bit in the fifth set, but it's probably because, you know, again, he, he, he wasn't used to going to fifth sets, especially with Dimitrov. He's used to wiping him, wiping him up in three sets and walking away. Did so, he have I bikes back <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't know. I didn't know if that was like, the, you know, the thing we were doing this year. Oh, right? But. It's all about back spazils, right? <laughs> no, no. It, I mean, he pulled up a little bit with the leg. I don't think that it was anything incredibly noticeable. It just didn't look like he was very, you know, um, what's the word? He couldn't get off the mark just like as fast as you're used to seeing Federer. But he wasn't limping or anything like that. So if, if, it, if it was something, it was very, very minor. And again, it showed up in the fifth set. So it wasn't like it was a parent sets one through four. And that's where the thing is, is again, this is Federer against Dimitrov. You're supposed to own up on him. You was up on him seven and oh, that should have been an easy eight. But nice. I just think that Federer mentally, I just think Novak broke Federer. And I just, even looking at him in interviews and kind of some of the things that he said and One time, actually, Federer was even a little bit smirky with one of the interviewers. I was like, wait a minute. That's not classic Fed. What the hell is going on up in here? And see, I thought Federer was going to be all over everything once he saw Djokovic had lost. Exactly. That's what I was thinking as well. I mean, kind of like that French when, when, you know, he saw Nadal went out. He was like, oh, snaps. It's my opportunity. And I honestly thought he was going to be in that mindset. But... He just did not look it in that match. I mean, it just, I mean, it, like I said, didn't look bad, but he just didn't look like he was full-on Federer, in my opinion. And so, you know, we talked about it. I know you've got your concerns about, about Serena going into 2020. I've got major concerns about Roger going into 2020, because, like I said, I think I think Novak broke Roger. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's move
1: on from Roger and talk to the people that, about the people that can make the semis.
0: So, right. Exactly.
1: <laughs> so, all I'm gonna say is, you know, I've told the listening community, I respect the King. Rogers, my fave, mm. and right behind him is Joe Willie Songa. but I think I have a, a number three right now, and that is Method And I have just been so <laughs> impressed with him this entire hardcore season, um, and I and I love. His personality is different from what I guess I thought it was going to be. He's a far more personable person than I, I thought, and he's kind of funny. And he, you know, he's he's not like a stoic type Russian. He he's uh, in tune with his emotions, and the boy has mad game. Yeah, mad he does have game. mad game. Yes, and and you know who knows he has mad game. That would be Grigor Dimitrov because Medvedev spanked him up. Like, thank you for making me not have to play Federer.
0: Uh, right. Uh, and exactly. Here's your,
1: here's your gift.
0: <laughs> I mean, you are so right, man. I mean, he just tactically just took Dimitrov apart, and I just, I think that that would have been a very, very different story had Medvedev played Federer. Um, I think that a lot of the tactics that Dimitrov used, just, I don't know. I, I just feel like Roger is so much more of an attacking player, and he's, of course, much better at the net. I think that, that Medi would have had to uh, really change up his game in order to contend with Federer, because I think all of that standing 10,000 feet behind the baseline stuff, that wouldn't have worked with Fed, because he no. came in, he'd have been dropping him and doing all kinds of wonderful things that Dimitrov just unfortunately doesn't have the skill set to do.
1: And it um, hasn't worked in the past either.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, kudos to to Medvedev. I mean, he he, he did the damn thing and he was just like, Rigor, get 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 your bitch ass out the way. I got the finals I need to be in. <laughs> well I tell Please. you what,
1: who who was licking their chops after Roger Federer <laughs> and Novak Djokovic dropped out of the tournament was Raphael <laughs> Nadal and poor Barrettini. i I really like the guy, but you know yeah. what? He was nothing but a uh, speed bump to uh, Rafael Nadal once uh, Federer
0: and Djokovic were out of the tournament. <laughs> You're right about that. I mean, but I tell you what, though, kudos to Berrettini. He he went in there with the right mindset, playing the right game, and you know that he, I believe, had match points in that tiebreaker in the first set. It's just once again that that Rafael Nadal 42, Rafa's like, nah, son, uh, uh-uh, you're not taking this from me. And I I really feel like it was imperative for Matteo to get that first set under his belt. Um, that would, have, in my opinion, allow him to free up a little bit more and play a little bit better. But once Nadal snatched that tiebreaker from him, I, I was like, yeah, this this is done. <laughs> right. Yeah, and you know what? It was funny because I was watching that and I, <laughs> when he was
1: up, I even said to myself, Nadal's going to win his tiebreaker. <laughs> right? It just going to break his spirit. <laughs> right. He's not, you know, I think, Verrettini is is not as solid mentally as, like, a Medvedev. And Correct. he has these huge weapons, and all he kind of knows how to do is to to throw them out there full speed. And right. if that doesn't win him the point, I don't – he's not one of these type of players that I see with a true plan B right. uh, game plan. Right. Um, yeah. And, and, and granted he's young too and that's
0: something mm-hmm. that he can develop into but like I said speed dog exactly Nadal was like fool get out of my way <laughs> so I, this yeah. led us to the finals of
1: Rafael Nadal versus Medvedev and one of the things I told you know one of my friends was we saw what Nadal did to Medvedev in uh, at the Canadian Open and yes. and I said Medvedev is really a very smart player. I'm not guaranteeing he's gonna win the finals, but he's not gonna get blown out like he did in Canada. Right. He's right. gonna change up his tactics and do something differently. And I'll be darned if we did not have an amazing five set final between those two guys.
0: Ooh, that final was incredible, man! I tell you what. Because Nadal came out the gates and was like, "Mm mm-hmm, I'm about to do my Nadal thing. I'm about to take this thing in straight sets and get my 19th. Boy, Daniil was like, wait, 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 wait a minute, son. Wait a (laughs) minute. Uh Uh-uh, we not done. You might think we done, but we ain't done. I got plenty of energy left for you. man. (laughs) please, that was a grand, that was a fantastic. Did Grand Slam final be. My goodness. It was. And um, and so props to Medvedev
1: and also props to him for his, his post-match uh, speech. Uh, I yeah. think he really went during the course of those two weeks at the U.S. Open from the crowd really almost hating him and booing him at his matches to them having a true appreciation not only for his t- tennis talents, but also for... I think they saw him grow and
0: mature as a man in these two weeks in Cincinnati. I, I I absolutely agree with you on that, Bryce. Because, like I said, I was of that bandwagon where I wanted to boo him as well. Because one of the things he did, which is an absolute no-no, you do not do this. When you are dealing with ball kids or ball people, whatever you want to call them, You you don't disrespect them because these are people who are volunteering their time. They're not getting paid. They're volunteering their time to really help make the tournament what it is. And so you have to show them a level of respect. You can curse and everything at the the chair umpires and everything. That's their job. But when it comes to a line person, you have to be respectful. So that whole thing with him snatching the, the towel from him and just in my eyes, just being absolutely disrespectful, that did not go over well with me at all. So I was very much a proponent of, yeah, boo him because he deserves it because you don't do that type of stuff. But like you said, he, he, he understood that he was a jerk. He understood and he owned it. And that's what you do as a man. You own when you do something wrong. And I think that is what the New York crowd really appreciated and was like, all right, he, all right. he all right. he's he, he cool. <laughs> and like you said, he started showing his sense of humor. He has a really, uh, you know... Kind of a dry wit about him, which is really, really, uh, very engaging. So you're right. He 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 got me back in. But when I saw him do that to that lines uh, that that uh, ball kid or ball person, I was like, nah, son, nah. And, and having been a volunteer, I know I know kind of I'm on that end of things. When you're just giving of your time to try and help, and then for somebody to disrespect you, nah. Nah, that ain't gonna fly. So good on you, Daniil, for owning up to what you did, and honestly, good on you for the play that you that you showed over these two weeks. I mean, it was outstanding. Good on yeah, you, sir.
1: Yeah, and uh, New World Number Four. So right, um, I you talking about somebody you're excited to see what they're gonna do in 2020? Uh yeah. That is definitely Medvedev for me. So, um, and we've talked a lot about Medvedev, but you have to absolutely give a lot of love and respect to Rafael Nadal. This guy who many of us who followed him his entire career, based upon his his style of play, we never even thought he'd be playing, still playing at this time of his career. Exactly. And not only is he still playing, but he's he's still bringing in majors. And he's bringing in majors on – Surfaces that you wouldn't think he would. It's very easy to say, "Okay, it's Clay." You know, he's going to win the French a
0: gazillion times. But guess what?
1: <laughs> he's still out here winning the U.S. Open. All right, right,
0: yeah. right. And let's be clear, Bryce. And I and I hate to say this because you know I'm a Fed fan and I love my Fed, but Fed is actually going to. He's going to be surpassed by Rafael Nadal. Rafael definitely has two more French Opens in him at the least. Oh yeah, I, look. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets passed by Nadal and Djokovic. Uh, it, that's what I was thinking. I I still believe that Djokovic will will end up being well. I guess it really will depend on this this uh, this injury that he's facing. If it's still the same elbow or what have you, he may it might it may impact him a little bit more than we know. But but I agree with you. I in my head I think Rafa and Djokovic will capture will catch and pass Federer as it relates to total Grand Slam tally. Right. Um, it's right. just I, I yeah. Yeah. Roger, Roger's just going to have to be happy with the title of being, you know, the people's champ. Yeah, the people's goat because he will always be my goat. I don't, I don't, I don't care what I don't. Rafa can get thirty. Djokovic can get fifty-two. It don't matter. Roger's <laughs> going to be my goat because to me he has brought so much. To the, and we've talked about this, so we won't go into this into this podcast. But he has done so much, and he is so endeared and so loved. He will definitely be the goat, regardless of the numbers. Right. So, Rafael Nadal,
1: Bianca Andreescu, congratulations to the two of you. Uh, Isaac, before we move on from this, you know, are there what are the key takeaways
0: uh, to you from this tournament? Um, you know, outside of just you know who we talked about, Rafa and Federer and Bianca and Serena. Um, I think you know, just talking a little bit more about Novak. Um, you know, I- I'm hoping he's okay. Um, and Novak, we're sending, you know, we're sending our, our, our thoughts out to you, and hopefully it's not a significant injury. But Novak j- just needs to stay away from Stan, because I think there's something about Stan Ball <laughs> that'd, be te- that'd be tearing up Djokovic's arm. He'd be like, God dang, Stan. Come on, man. <laughs> he does not like Stan. Though, I don't know. Stan got something about his game that just Djokovic does not like, and I just, once again, feel like that's, that's what got up on him, but You know, I mean, hopefully he is, you know, of good health and and he's able to get back on the tour and and do his thing. Because, again, as much as I love Fed... You know, you got to respect the p- the players that are out there getting it done, and Novak is a champion, and he's been out there getting it done, and I want him to continue getting it done. So that's sort of my takeaway from the tournament. Is just kind of hoping that Novak's able to get back out there and uh, and uh, and be uh, you know be fresh going into 2020. What about you, my man? What you what what are your takeaways? Any takeaways? Yeah, I have a takeaway,
1: and this is going back to our discussion on Osaka. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think people were kind of like, um, when she and Sasha split, that probably mm-hmm. played a big role into why she was losing. But it was on clay, and clay is not her favorite. And then, oh, it was on grass, and grass is not her favorite. And so, once <laughs> she gets back on hard court, though, you know, she's going to reestablish, you know, that dominance she had before. And I think I remember saying this on a previous podcast mm-hmm. when I would hear Osaka in the press kind of talking about oh you know turning a corner and you know really expecting to improve her results and all that to me it never even sounded like she believed it herself and so now that we're back we're back on hard courts and that hasn't really done it for her either i think we're back to the original situation i think that split with sasha was an ill advised move i don't care how he made you feel He was successful. I look. I had coaches. I can't even tell you how some my coaches made me feel back in the day. But (laughs) you know, you gotta go with what works. And and clearly, you know, even Sloan is recognizing. We saw the the reuniting of her and Kamal Murray here. That's right. Um, You know, keep your head on a swivel for Monica Puig. But (laughs) I don't know whether or not you know. Osaka, a reunion is in the cards for Osaka and 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 Sasha. Um, yeah. I don't I don't know if if uh, needs to keep her head on a swivel, uh, but <laughs> clearly Osaka is still not right. So yeah, I, it, that was a key takeaway for me. That's a good one, brother. Yeah. So hey, y'all, we're gonna go ahead and wrap this episode up because this is just our results show. Uh, we don't want to uh, keep getting our gab on and run you into the one to two hour mark like I know we can sometimes. Right? But we right? wanted to remind you that we are out there now. Please visit our our website. It's www.brothersontennis.com and that is B-R-U-T-H-A-S on tennis.com From there, you can use any number of platforms to listen to our podcast. You can see Bios on both Isaac and myself. You even have a, a channel in which you can send messages and emails to us, ask us questions, give us feedback. Please visit the website and continue to listen to what we're doing because we are very, very excited about what we're bringing you. And I don't think you're going to find anybody else giving it to you like we are at the moment. So, preach, brother, preach, preach, <laughs> preach. <laughs> so, with that, This is your boy, Bryce. And this is your boy, Isaac. And we are Brothers on Tennis, and we will talk to you soon. Take care.